I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's Rob Moore here and I'm with the lovely Jackie Jones, who has an amazing podcast called Living Life Being Human. And um, I want to say thank you, Jackie, for interviewing me. Thank and you. I'm all yours, and so are my communities. We're out to my Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, your Facebook as well. So, um, yeah, let's live life, let's be human, and let's go. Well, it's easy, John, because we are human. I, I, I was going to say, I'm not sure if you know this, but there's no reason why you should. The first time I met you, you were in the bath doing a live. <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember that. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. <laughs> it was my eldest son that says, Mum, you need to get on and watch this bloke. He's amazing. And that was it. I joined you in your bathroom while you were having a bath. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember doing that live. Um, there was a reason I was in the bath telling people to not fear what other people thought about them and wanted to give people a bit of permission to be courageous on lives. And if I can do it in the bath, then you know, you can put your message out there just in case people are wondering why I do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good that you clarified that. So <laughs> a couple of things. Um, I'm a psychotherapist and coach, so this is going live on my page. So I always do a bit of a trigger warning. I have warned people that you're a bit of a sweary Murray sometimes, so they're aware of that. So you can talk openly and <laughs> freely about anything that you want to do. Um, so Thank yeah, fuck for that. Yeah, go for it, go for it. I drop the off, odd F-bomb now and then as well. Um, I'm not what people expect from a normal psychotherapist, and I think that's what attracted me to you in, in a, you know, a politically correct way. You are the disruptive entrepreneur. You talk about things that other people shy away from and also that you quite like being divisive in a lot of the things that you do. How, how is that for you? Because I know your, your upbringing and your childhood, you talk a lot about being overweight and maybe not having the best experience when you were younger. When did the switch happen that you didn't mind being disruptive and maybe even getting haters? Well, I suppose my natural inclination, how I was raised, is to be non-confrontational, avoid conflict and be a people pleaser because that was the way that I got recognized when I was a fat kid. So I guess those traits or fears were developed by me as coping mechanisms for being alone and ostracized as the fattest kid in school. The problem with that is on the, well, on the one hand, it makes you quite good with people. You can, you know, kind of get on with anyone, you know, can maybe influence situations in a, a passive way. But the problem with that is if you want to be wildly successful, build a global brand, build a big company, those traits are really bad for that yeah. because you, you shy away from things that need to be dealt with in business. So really, actually, being an entrepreneur was the first thing that started to teach me that. Like if you want to make money, you have to sell. And if you sell, you have to face rejection. And, you know, you could always avoid rejection if you didn't have to sell and you weren't an entrepreneur. You could just have a com comfortable job where, where there was no conflict. Yeah. 
you know, and then um, when you negotiate, sometimes it's a bit, you're both in silence. The person who speaks next, they're the person who loses the deal or, you know, loses the negotiation. And of course, when you're a people pleaser, oh, you don't like silence. I don't like yeah. silence. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> so I, I think what happened was business took, well, business forced me and presented me with all the challenges that forced me to grow and own this people pleasing, non-confrontational, avoiding conflict they were essentially walls that I'd built up to protect myself from getting hurt. Yeah. Um, and then um, the more I developed my brand, the more I realized that actually, you know, you being the true essence of who you are is the greatest gift you can bring to your brand. So I've been thinking a lot about what a brand is, Jackie. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, find your tribe and your, your vibe attracts your tribe and, you know, yeah, be, be clear about what you stand for and what you want to be known for. I think the reverse is also important. Who do you want to repel? Who, you know, who do you want to piss off? Yeah. And the more courageous I am about being clear about who I want to piss off and not worrying about pissing them off, sometimes even having a little bit of a game where I don't mind pissing them off a little bit, it seems to bring out the more direct, true version of me, the more courageous version of me, if you like, the more... Um, non-apologetic version of me. No one should apologize for who they are. Of course, as long as they're not, com uh, you know, committing crimes against humanity. Yeah. Um, so these things were born out of me because I wanted to be successful in business. And the pain of failing in business was greater than the pain of being rejected when I put myself in difficult situations. Um, and then dealing with critics and trolls and haters and stuff like that. I just know that's the cost of doing business. I know that you can't have millions of pounds and notoriety and success and fame and, you know, millions of followers. And you can't have all the upside without the downside. And the downside is, you know, increased insurance, security issues, lots of people hating you, spreading lies, rumors and defamation about you, um, stalkers, all these things. I've experienced it all. Um, purely um, because that is the cost of being successful. Now, the cost of not being successful is comfort and complacency and an average life for the rest of your life. And I think what I work, worked out to do is what's the greater pain? And for me, the greater pain is not living a fulfilled, inspired mission. Yeah, I, I work with a lot of anxious clients. And one of the things that I say to them quite Can I just often... say one thing, Jackie? Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I know this is your show. Um, I know you didn't mean it this way, but I need to say this. A lot of people label themselves as anxious. No one is an anxious person. Everyone does anxiety sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, be, oh, I've got imposter syndrome or, or you know, I'm, I have anxiety. I have depression. No, you don't. You just from time to time exhibit those traits because you're seeing more downside than upside. Um, and I just think that's important. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not correcting you. It's no, hundred percent. People create identities around, yeah. You know, think because by the way, you know, when you're happy, you say I'm a positive person. No, you're not. You just do happiness sometimes, and you don't yeah. do it other times. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, no, totally agree with you. I say that. That you know, one of the things that I criticise is that when people say that they can cure anxiety. You come on my six-week course and I will cure your anxiety. And the first thing I say is you can't cure anxiety. It's part of being a human being. It's part of our fight and flight. 
and people get attached to the diagnosis or they get attached to you know generalized anxiety disorder or whether they're obsessive compulsive it becomes part of who they are so 100% agree with what you're saying um but one of the things I say to my clients a lot of the time is I've lost my train of thought now. I don't know. Well, oh. you, you, yeah, what you were saying that um, some of my anxious clients. Yeah. Oh, that was it. That I say to them, you know, other people's opinion is none of your business. People are always going to have an opinion on everything that we do and say. But we have no control over what their thoughts are. They're seeing things through their reality. And if they're not in a good place, they're not going to see you in a positive light. We can't do anything about that. The other thing, go on, yeah. is, is that we have a performing personality and a survival personality. I would imagine the private Rob Moore is not the performing Rob Moore. And, and that's okay. It's not that we've got a split personality. It's that parts of us we find vulnerable sharing so we don't like people seeing them yeah yeah i, I definitely agree with that i think that we, we could exhibit all traits i mean yeah. if you think about whatever emotion and behavior and trait exists in any human being can be performed by all human beings if triggered by the environment or yeah. if it is towards safety or away you know from um threat we can perform all traits and personality types and behaviors. You know, when people say oh, I'm an introvert, no, you're not. You're just behaving an intro in an introverted way in this particular area. You yeah. know, get get a, 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 maybe a, a geeky coder who's introverted, but give them a laptop and an audience, and they will code like it's 1999, like they own the place. Yeah. So you know, these these labels, I think, are. Um, Look, it's good if you label yourself in an em empowered way, uh, then that's obviously empowering. But if you label yourself in a disempowered way, essentially you are tattooing that trait on you as if you are it, which which just gives you less skills in this you know, world we're in where you need a lot of skills and resources to be successful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I agree, you know, I, I see you, you're one for slogans, T-shirt slogans and everything, and I love that because that's how I see our performing personality. It's like we've got a bloody big slogan on the front of us, look at this, but then we've got a smaller one on the back that is, is kind of more more private. Um, so you're, you're a, a, an entrepreneur, a business entrepreneur, and I know you're kind of moving more over into the, the money side of things you know more recently which i'm fascinated with my 16 year old went to pick up his gcse results yesterday luckily he doesn't want to be a priest because he failed re miserably but what advice would you give to to the kids of today that have gone through the pandemic and the pandemic and everything they've got the gcse's what would you say to them what i've said to my son is you know, I believe in lifelong learning. Your your GCSE results, again, don't define who you are. To be entrepreneurial, to go out, to to find out what's going on in the world. And I don't even know how people expect a 16-year-old to know what they want to be in life. I didn't know at 16. Um, it's easy for me to say 42-year-old, you know, multimillionaire, 1200 unit property owner manager owning loads of companies written 18 books easy for me to say GCSEs don't matter and sometimes I do make I've, I've probably posted twice in the last two or three years about how really your GCSEs or A-levels don't matter 
if you want to be an entrepreneur. And that's always my caveat. But I also want to honor the other side. When I was 16, my GCSEs mattered. Um, and so I think what would I say to 16-year-old and 18-year-old kids getting their exam results is they matter to you now because they're where you're at. And if getting good results gives you good momentum and it gets you into the next level education or closer to where you want to go, good on you. But don't let a failure or results that you don't want define you, because whilst your good results might matter now, your bad results probably don't matter now. And actually, many of my hundred million plus net worth entrepreneurial friends flunked school badly and got F's in everything. Uh, now, if you want to be an entrepreneur uh, and you want to start your own company and you want to be disruptive and you want to be your own boss, you're probably best not even doing A-levels or are definitely not going to university and self-educating on YouTube and podcasts, etc., following people like me, reading my books and listening to my audiobooks, and going and getting some work experience with a disruptive entrepreneur. And learning online the business models that you want to get in. Now, that's not particularly popular, um, you know, narrative to say. But if you know, not not all kids at 16 or 18 know if they want to be an entrepreneur or not. Yeah. So you might need to take two or four or five years to go through secondary and higher education to actually know you want to be an entrepreneur. So if you don't know what you want to be, you either get more education in the system or you get more work-life experience. But for me, definitely, A-levels and university were a waste of time. Now, people say, oh, but they made you who you are, and you got the friendships, and you learned certain skills. No. I, I know what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And, I, I, and the school system, for me, was almost the antithesis of that. Didn't yeah. teach me sales, didn't teach me marketing, didn't teach me resilient, didn't teach me recruitment, didn't teach me strategy, didn't teach me money management, didn't teach me to manage my emotions of, of leadership and um, creating a vision and a strategy and everything else. Whereas if I'd have worked for an entrepreneur at age 16, that entrepreneur would have taught me some of that stuff. So let me say this again. If you don't really know what you want to do, carry on through the education system, but ask yourself every day, what do I want to do with my life? If you really want to be a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, go down the traditional route, but self-educate too. Yeah. And if you if you know you want to be an entrepreneur and you're quite young, then be bold and be brave and go and work for an entrepreneur and go, go and self-educate. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I don't think the education system is set up to live in the 21st century. They just It's like you go in the, the start of the funnel and you come out the other end. Nobody knows what it's going to be like in 10 years' time. And we're educating our kids to be employed or working in that area so yeah I think that's brilliant advice Rob thank you so me being a psychotherapist and all that I'm trained in transactional analysis um I know that you've been in therapy do you would you mind talking a little bit about how that experience was for you because I still think there's a stigma around people going to therapy would you agree or not um, so for me, it was a very positive experience. Good. But of course, it also unearthed some emotional baggage, trauma. Actually, probably trauma is too extreme a word for me. Definitely, it got me in touch with the meanings I'd made around life and relationships when I was young. 
which didn't necessarily serve me or created voids in my life as I'm older and started to help me track back and understand why I behave like I behave and who I am and what I need. Um, for me, I really just did it as a, a split test. So I think one, if I were just to pick up on your language slightly, Jackie, and, and be helpful to you for your mission, you said when I was in therapy, and definitely those words, in therapy, sound like I'm down, you know, Betty Ford or whatever the famous, um, you know, drugs clinic is. Whereas if you said, uh, you know, I am um, engaging or employing a, a therapist, in therapy sounds, you know, like I went there because I'm fucked. And I, I did go there because there were challenges in my life that were converging. And I'd also done a lot of personal development and I'd learned a lot about myself and I got mentors and coaches. So I thought, well, the only thing I've not really tried, I mean, I'm not personally into, you know, Reiki or tapping or any more, what I might deem as more esoteric yeah. treatment. Not against, by the way, just never really desired to go down that road. So for me, I guess seeing a therapist was in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, I'm actually, I actually messaged my therapist yesterday and said, look, you know, you um fancy a few more sessions and, she, you know, it'd be like um, series two on the Netflix. Uh, <laughs> honestly, being, being my therapist is a lot of fun. There's a lot of shit to come out. Um, so for me, it was a positive experience. Like if I want a mentor or, or if I want solutions, I'll get a mentor. Yeah. At times I was looking for maybe some solutions from my therapist. That's not what we do. Um, but, you know, if you think about an hour conversation, normally it's I share a bit, you share a bit, I share a bit, you share a bit. You can never get really deep. And also the deeper you get, maybe you don't feel that comfortable with being that vulnerable or sharing that level of depth to someone you know. Yeah. So just for being able to express everything, not get interrupted and to go to places where you wouldn't normally communicate, then for me, that was useful. And it did. It actually taught it took my personal development knowledge of myself to another level. Um, I did it sometimes felt like I was being dragged too much into the young Rob, the you know, the, the child Rob, love the child Rob. My therapist kept sort of trying to take me back to that place. And at times I resisted that. And maybe that's because it was painful or maybe that was because I'm looking for results and forward momentum. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely recommend everyone try one because how do you know unless you've tried? And yeah. you don't have to be fucked to go to one. You can just want to improve certain areas of your life or why are there patterns that you are um, repeating? So I think self-awareness is understanding what you create and being responsible for everything that you create. So if you're recurring things in your life that you don't like, you are the common denominator. You are the creator of that thing that recurs. So examining why that recurs and figuring out, A, I don't like that about myself. I maybe look at wanting to change. B, I accept that about me and I learn to handle it or see other. Yeah. And wh where's the harm in that? I don't see the harm in that at all. And yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bit of a stigma in the UK, I think, um, not so much in America. It's almost like a brag. Oh, I'm going to see my therapist. Everyone's got a therapist. It's almost like a brag in America. Um, and probably a bit more of a stigma up north, I would say, just because of maybe a, like a slightly harder culture. Um, 
but really all this goes down to is what you think people think about you. So um, if I said to you, I had a solution, would you like that solution to all the challenges in your life? You might say yes. And if I said you had to do a naked life to do it, you might say no, because you might not want to put yourself in that exposed and vulnerable position. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people don't want therapists because of what people think about them. And earlier when we, we were talking, you talked about anxiety and everything else. I just want to say this because I think this can absolutely liberate, liberate so many people watching and listening. Ultimate freedom, ultimate freedom of mind and therefore of body and everything else is in having the courage and the acceptance to be disliked. And I personally think there's a lot of people in relationships and they're scared to bust out of them because of what other people will think about them. Or there's things they want to do with their life, maybe that are bold or courageous or that other people might say, what are you doing that? What are you doing that? And so they never do it. And if you think anxiety, anxiety is usually, I imagine something that I'm going to do and it's going to be bad. Yeah. And usually it's bad because of we us worrying what other people think about us. So we have this somewhat irrational non-adjusted for the modern world fear of social rejection. Social rejection, I believe, is probably one of the main things that creates anxiety. Now, I, you know, I'm not trained in this. I'm not a, you know, a psychotherapist, so I'm just sharing my opinions. Be, feel free to do your own research or challenge me. But, you know, how can anything be bad if no one saw it? I, I, I can't think of anything that anyone could do that we would perceive as really bad, that's moral, that would be bad if no one judged. So yeah. I actually think it's the fear of judgment and ridicule and social rejection that drives nearly all of our fears, probably because we are a social species and our um, evolution and survival requires on us being inter interdependent and social. So being rejected from the tribe is could, could mean death. Yeah. So if we embrace the courage to be disliked and we give zero fucks what people think about us in the pursuit of our moral mission and our desire to change the world and make a difference, fuck me, you are free. You are free like you've never felt freedom before. Yeah, really good point. I, it, if we're in the here and now, which is literally this moment, the next moment, the moment after that's when we're really present a lot of well the all i was suffering is either in the past or trying to predict the future so i talk an awful lot about being in the here and now because why why would one if it's in the past why if it was shit first time why would you want to go back and keep trolling through it which i kind of get what you were saying about therapy and younger rob and everything and you know trying to predict the future we at some point have to trust that if something happens, we will cope in that moment. Can I just jump in here and Jack, Jack, yeah. and say something. Human beings are fucking terrible at predicting the future. 99% of the time we get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they say 99% of the things you worry about never actually happen. So human beings, me included, by the way, when I start worrying and have my own fears, are absolutely terrible at predicting the future. So imagine if you stop doing that. Imagine yeah. if you stop predicting the future and you just went to discover it through being in the present moment. Yeah. 
I'm trusting that in that moment, you will know what to do. Trying to work out what I will do in X, Y, and Z situation never works. You've just got to trust that you will know what you need to do in that moment. And 99.9% of the time, we do. Yeah, you will be okay. It will be okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it, you talking about presence, Jackie. To me, life can only be experienced in the pres present if you want to experience it in its full grace and beauty. Yeah. So, you know, I'm here with you enjoying this discussion where if I was thinking... I was, t I was 11 minutes late. I probably upset Jackie. I hate myself for that. Or if I thought, man, I got my next podcast in five minutes. Shit, I better hurry up. I'm in future or past. Therefore, I'm not fully engaged. Then you'll notice that I'm not fully engaged. We won't have the deep connection and rapport. We won't therefore have a true great experience. So trying to feel the present moment all the time is where you experience the beauty of life. Yeah. But man, our, our, our baggage from the past and the fears of the future are trying their best to ruin it. 100%. 100%. I love that. So just to finish off, Rob, because I, I'm gathering that that's you dropping a subtle hint that you've got another podcast in we've five got, minutes. I, I said I'd give you 30 minutes and we've got five left. And I know I was late. So when you're smashing it and on your 500th episode, call me up and I'll do that again for you. You're an absolute so. bloody star. <laughs> so ju just just to finish off, you did a talk back in, I think it was March 2020, um, about, was it the man talk? I watched the documentary that you filmed that was really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I did. So, that was really fun. Yeah. It, it, is that, did you enjoy doing that? Because I think you were quite vulnerable when you were up on stage. There were, it's unusual for a group of men to be in a room together talking about mental health. How did you find it? Well, look, my dad's got bipolar and he's really ill and he has been for 15 years and that's been hard and expressing it has helped. Look, I can either clam up and not face all my own fears and vulnerabilities or I can leverage my mission to help as many people on this planet start and scale their business and get better financial knowledge on all my own pain and difficult experience and vulnerabilities, etc. I could actually put forward into my mission. So I can either have it in remission or I can put it into my mission, you, you, you know? Um, so for me, uh, I decided that um, it would be more helpful for me and others if I made it part of the mission. And so I start when I first started therapy, I started sharing it with my Facebook supporters and in WhatsApp groups as a little test. They loved it. They absolutely love seeing me struggling. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> because I think it, it makes people feel more comfortable. It um, makes you human, Rob. That's what it makes you human. And that's what people connect with. Yeah. I mean, I never pretend to be a, you know, a cyborg or, you know, a machine. Uh, I've never you know, I'm an emotional guy and most people who know me know that. But yeah, I think um, I think you should share your successes and failures equally. Um, I, I think too much of each is disempowering. Um, but it's also quite therapeutic for me. I, I need to I need to express. Otherwise, I repress. And I've learned that about myself. And when the, you repress in the end, it has to come out and it manifests in negative thoughts, disease, which is dis. Ease, Ease, yeah. uh, or um, or you just have a, men a, 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 a breakdown or, or a lash out. 
I would suppress and suppress and, you know, avoid confrontation for like a year and then just have one massive meltdown every year. And, and I, I wanted to break that pattern. So discussing my challenges and vulnerabilities in a safe but not too safe an environment is therapeutic for me. Being interviewed and doing podcasts and express through my rants, it's actually a form of therapy for me. So anyone who's listening, creating content and letting out some of the things you've held in, of course, to the level that you feel safe and comfortable or a little bit of risk is okay. Yeah, That's actually a great way to handle it and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Totally, 100% agree. And, you know, I think one for me, because I'm a people pleaser and I don't like confrontation and upsetting people, but anger in its pure emotion for me, you know, if we're just touching on emotions and expressing things, is really positive. It motivates me to make a change. If I get really pissed off with myself and get angry with myself, that motivates me to step out of my comfort zone and do something different. So sometimes the way that we, you know, filter emotions isn't always the best for us. We well, every emotion is necessary. Otherwise, we wouldn't have it in our wiring. Yeah. So we might not like the emotions or we might want to try and um, negate or deny the emotions. But again, what you repress must be expressed. I think so, it's what we do with them that causes the problems. Having the emotion and feeling it is fine. It's what we do with it. Emotion yeah. is simply feedback to the environment. We, re we react to the environment because it's the place in which we survive. And we react according to, you know, fear of um, threat or um, apparent safety and comfort. And so things happen which trigger a chemical release, which create an emotion. I'm reacting to another human being. I'm reacting to, you know, my, the, the location that I'm in. Emotions are merely feedback. Yeah, 100%. So if you truly understand what they are, you know that every emotion is necessary. You deny none and you learn from them. And the better you learn from them, a lot of people are trying to deny emotions or say, I can get rid of this emotion or that emotion. No, no, no. You, you feel it. You learn why you're getting that feedback. And then you adjust according to that feedback. And that's called personal growth. And the more you grow, the more useful you are to society, the more you help society evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really valid. I, you know, one of the things I always say to my clients is that our thoughts create our feelings 100% of the time. And then we have a choice whether we act on them. It all comes from our thoughts and, and we filter certain things out. So I'd just like to say a massive thank you. I, you know, keep ranting, Rob. I love your rants. I listen to all your rants. Keep being disruptive. And, Thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Make sure you follow Jackie Jones. Just shout out your podcast one more time, Jackie. Living life, being human. Amen. And um, I'm Rob Moore, and I'm host of the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Hi, it's Jackie Jones here. I hope you enjoyed that episode with the amazing Rob Moore. And I just want to take this opportunity to tell you about a fantastic new product that I'm offering. It's the Six Weeks Life Lab Academy, and you get so much in this. There's a workshop every Monday. I do two hot seat coaching calls every Tuesday that each last 30 minutes. You can ask me anything on a Wednesday. Again, it's live on Zoom. 
you can message me anytime. There's going to be a platform that's off Facebook, so we're not going to get bogged down in scrolling on Facebook. I've only got 21 spaces available. All this starts on the 6th of September this year, so it's in about three weeks' time. You're also going to get access to join my membership once this is over. If you've got something that you want to change in your life, whether it's a relationship, your relationship with anxiety, your relationship with your partner, communicating with your kids, whatever it is, if you want to make a change, then this is for you. Hop over to the website, livinglifebeinghuman.com forward slash life lab. Speak to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Living Life Being Human podcast. Please follow on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it too. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching. Or you can visit my website, jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.